Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Zwans, and today is the first Sunday in Advent. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Grant your faithful, we pray, Almighty God, the resolve to run forth to meet your Christ with righteous deeds at his coming, so that gathered at his right hand they may be worthy to possess the heavenly kingdom. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the prophet Jeremiah. See, the days are coming. It is the Lord who speaks. When I am going to fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah, in those days and at that time, I will make a virtuous branch grow for David, who shall practice honey and integrity in the land. In those days, Judah shall be saved, and Israel shall dwell in confidence. And this is the name the city will be called, the Lord our integrity. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. To you, O Lord, I lift my soul. To you, O Lord, I lift my soul. Lord, make me know your ways. Lord, teach me your paths. Make me walk in your truth and teach me, for you are God my Saviour. To you, O Lord, I lift my soul. The Lord is good and upright. He shows the path to those who stray. He guides the humble in the right path. He teaches his way to the poor. To you, O Lord, I lift my soul. His ways are faithfulness and love for those who keep his covenant and will. The Lord's friendship is for those who revere him. To them he reveals his covenant. To you, O Lord, I lift my soul. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Thessalonians. May the Lord be generous in increasing your love and make you love one another and the whole human race as much as we love you. And may he so confirm your hearts in holiness that you may be blameless in the sight of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus Christ comes with all his saints. Finally, brothers, we urge you and appeal to you in the Lord Jesus to make more and more progress in the kind of life that you are meant to live, the life that God wants, as you learnt from us, and as you are already living it. You have not forgotten the instructions we gave you on the authority of the Lord Jesus. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. Lord, show us your mercy and love, and grant us your salvation. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, There will be signs in the sun and moon and stars. On earth nations in agony, bewildered by the clamour of the ocean and its waves. Men dying of fear as they await what menaces the world, for the powers of heaven will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud 
with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand erect, hold your heads high, because your liberation is near at hand. Watch yourselves, or your hearts will be coarsened with debauchery and drunkenness and the cares of life. And that day will be sprung upon you suddenly like a trap, for it will come down on every living man on the face of the earth. Stay awake, praying at all times for the strength to survive all that is going to happen and to stand with confidence before the Son of Man. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So it seems like a strange thing to do, but at the very beginning of the liturgical year, the church takes the end of the world as the point of departure for the readings. Now, sometimes the prayers that we pray on Sundays can be a bit of a hint at what the church is expressing by starting at the end. So after Holy Communion, we've got the prayer after communion is what it's known as. I'll say, let us pray. And then we're given this. May these mysteries, O Lord, may the sacraments, right, the the Eucharist that we've just received, may these mysteries, O Lord, in which we have participated, profit us, we pray. For even now, as we walk amid passing things, you teach us by them to love the things of heaven and hold fast to what endures. So the whole point of reading Christ's prophecies about the end of the world at the start of the liturgical year is to remind us that everything on earth is going to pass away. And so as we walk amid all of these temporary things in life, that we need to remember to hold fast to what is stable, to what endures, to hold fast to God. Now, Jesus uses some pretty frightening images to describe the end of the world. Sun, moon, stars, shaken, Oceans, waves threaten the land, and men dying of sheer fear. But what seems to be happening is an unravelling of the work of creation which God performed at the beginning of the first chapter of the book of Genesis. So when we read about the creation of the universe, we see that God creates order in the universe by separating things, by giving each its proper place. Light is divided from darkness. The sky is separated from the sea. The sea is collected and exposes the land. God puts order into the world. And then we read in the second chapter of Genesis that he creates this idyllic garden, paradise, where man and woman can live in peaceful society. What we see in the gospel, though, is Christ predicting a kind of reversal of creation, a sort of rebellion of creation. The cosmic elements which God had ordered are starting to unravel. The peaceful Eden which God had created will be a place of war and fear. Oceans threaten to inundate the land again, undoing the divisions that God has made. Sun, moon, stars are in chaos, threatening the division between light and dark. The world is pulling apart at the seams as it comes to an end. And the very work of creation at the beginning of time appears to be running in reverse slow motion as creation kind of winds down. In telling us of this tumultuous event, Christ points towards something 
that we're deeply aware of. That the world is in a constant state of change and nothing in life lasts. Even our scientific knowledge seems to attest to this fact, with predictions that the universe, instead of ending in a whimper as it kind of runs out of puff, might actually end in a big crunch as gravity pulls everything back in. The whole point of thinking about the end at the start of the liturgical year isn't to frighten the pants off us, though, but to place our hope not in created things that will pass away, but in God. As the prayer after communion will say, even now, as we walk amid passing things, you teach us by them to love the things of heaven and to hold fast to what endures. Jesus reminds us that our own rather precarious place in the universe isn't a cause for us to become despondent or despairing. No, he says, when all these things start to happen, that's when you should stand erect, hold your heads high, and look to the coming of the Son of Man. Look to the one who transcends creation. Everything in creation will fall apart and is subject to decay. So look toward the source of creation. Look toward the one who made it, the one who comes riding on the clouds. This is an important reality for us to remember. God is the creator. He's bigger than creation. God isn't just another character in history. He's not just another player on the field. He's greater than history, and he's beyond the field. Now, there's no question that God is in the world. The Son of God takes flesh. He lives a human life, and and that's what we're preparing for at Christmas, right? But he's not limited by time and space. He's the ground and foundation of all that exists because he is existence itself. Now, that all sounds pretty philosophical, but it has an important implication for us. Because God is the creator, because he's the transcendent one, He is the one who can save us from a decaying creation. If a boat's sinking, no one who's in the boat with you can help you. It's the one who reaches out from beyond the boat who will pluck us to safety. So, says Jesus, when the boat's sinking, stand up, hold your head high, because the Son of Man is coming to save you. As the prayer after communion says, to love the things of heaven and hold fast to what endures. So we need to look to God as the one who will ultimately save us. But we need to keep an eye on the other side of the coin too. We mustn't put our ultimate hope in creation to give us our fulfilment. Now don't get me wrong, creation is good and very good. As God himself tells us in the book of Genesis, the world is a wonderful source of joy. And God makes use of the created order to serve and to save us. But nothing below will last. And nothing below will be our ultimate satisfaction, our ultimate joy. So the upshot of this is that we need to keep our eyes on the prize and not get distracted by those things which promise only fleeting pleasures. So, says Jesus, watch yourselves or your hearts will be coarsened with debauchery and drunkenness and the cares of life. Be careful not to replace the Creator with created things, 
We mustn't look for things within the sinking ship to save us. Look to the hand which reaches out to bring us to safety. So, on this first Sunday of the liturgical year, this first Sunday of our four-week preparation for the great season of Christmas, the church, I think, isn't trying to scare us witless. But she's giving us a very timely reminder to look to the coming of Christ for our redemption. We must stay awake, praying in attentive expectation, making sure that we don't allow any created thing to take the place of our transcendent God. Though we love the created order of things, no thing must take the place of God. No thing must take the first place in our lives. Not pleasure or power or wealth or honour. All these things are in the boat with us and will sink with the ship. The first place in our lives, reminds Jesus, belongs to our praiseworthy God who is eternal and transcendent. So, as we'll pray at Mass in the prayer after communion, May these mysteries, O Lord, in which we have participated, profit us, we pray. For even now, as we walk amid passing things, you teach us by them to love the things of heaven and to hold fast to what endures. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.